Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spoštujmo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ja tina dimetopisi tis ritorikis tumisus. Etično novinarstvo proti sovražnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for worten, respect for menschen gegen hasreden. Atisztelet hangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oco? Erisorok de etikul, egwene kainte fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Hello, I'm Kieran Murray and welcome to today's Respect Words. Later in the programme, we'll hear from Shane O'Curry from the European Network Against Racism. But now, to discuss a recent report on racist incident, I'm joined on the line by Dr Lucy Michael from the University of Ulster. Hello Lucy, you're very welcome. Hello Kieran. thanks for having me on. Um, Lucy, perhaps just uh, just begin, just tell us a little bit about what's in this report. Well, this report is one of a series of reports we do every six months that I write and In Our Ireland publishes, um, which tracks the, uh, not not quite rates, but patterns and trends in racist incidents in Ireland. Um, and the reason that uh, this report comes out is it is the analysis of data collected by In Our Ireland with their iReport.ie website, uh, which allows anybody to report racism in Ireland. It's a way of tracking what's happening in Ireland today. And in terms of tracking or in terms of patterns, what what are we looking at? Well, what we've seen across the last four years in tracking this is an increase uh, both in the number and in the types of racist incident. We track everything from discrimination in employment or schools or healthcare to interpersonal incidents on the street uh, to uh, a range of, of violent and, and brutal attacks. Uh, that happen to individuals and families in their homes. So every aspect of, of racist discrimination is captured in this report, uh, and it's really up to members of the public what they choose to report to us. That very wide range gives us uh, an idea that both in terms of the types of incidents we're seeing and the language used and the motivations, we're seeing an increase in a distrust of ethnic minority communities, a willingness to uh, see xenophobia and anti-migrant uh, actions as a, a, a positive response to social problems, which we know it, it isn't. Um, and we see a, a very key influence of far-right groups overseas uh, on Irish um, opinions and attitudes. And um, in terms of the increase, is that something that's a very worrying trend or can that partly be explained because people are more likely to come forward and report these incidences? I think what's really key here is that the barriers to reporting have not changed. So when we're thinking about whether people are more likely to report now, what we can ask is, have any of those barriers come down? Are there any reasons now why people would report where they wouldn't have in the past? 
And certainly we're not seeing any more confidence in uh, the organisations that collect reports, uh, for example, the Gardaí, but also other agencies. We're not seeing um, any less fear in terms of people worrying about the consequences of reporting, and we're not seeing any greater support for victims provided by the state or any other agencies. So there there is no reason to think that those barriers to reporting are coming down. Uh, and therefore, we must assume that the that there are more incidents happening, which is why we're getting more reports. And sometimes when it comes to this kind of thing, it, it just looks like uh, statistics and, and people can't always get a real sense of what's happening through statistics. Can, do you have any particular um, individual stories that can actually give a qualitative um, examples of what's happening? I do. And this is, I suppose, one of the real strengths of iReport.ie that's been recognised um, across Europe is that we collect the the narratives and the the greater detail of each incident. Because really the statistics that we look at, say 330 in the last six months, um, that's just a a very small snapshot of what's happening in Ireland. Uh, You know, we only capture the tiny tip of the iceberg of what's happening. So that gives us an idea of, of what's happening around the country, but you must multiply that many times to find out what the real picture is. So looking at the individual incidents gives us an idea of where and how people become unsafe, become vulnerable to uh, discrimination and violence. Uh, It might be on the bus. We have many incidents uh, of people being verbally abused on the bus, but also physically attacked to um, walking in the street, particularly women with young children uh, are subject to attack in public places, um, including physical attack. Um, we see discrimination in the workplace and that isn't just discrimination but also violence in the workplace from colleagues as well. Um, In schools, in healthcare facilities, uh, we have some reports from direct provision uh, of of racist incidents um, by staff. Um, We have uh, a range of incidents that are reported to us involving staff in public sector institutions, including social welfare offices, libraries and so on uh, as well as uh, racist incidents in shops in public ser- in, in private services uh, pubs restaurants hotels sports facilities cinemas parks you name it um, so uh, when we're looking at those kind of individual stories that gives us an idea of what people are experiencing on an everyday basis it might be the woman who walked past a fast, fast food outlet uh, in the last report and was abused by a, a group of people standing outside eating their takeaway um, and just walking down the street doing nothing uh, except walking down the street she received a a whole barrage of racial abuse Uh, the woman who was forced off the bus with her child and pram uh, by people who were verbally abusing her and telling her to go back to her country there's so many examples to pick one is really difficult um, but I'm really happy to share any of those stories with you um, when it comes to the, the different areas that this happens, is it possible that discrimination in the workplace is more easy to deal with than that type of incident outside a chipper, which is very difficult to deal with? I think that they're both difficult for different reasons. The incident outside the takeaway is not a criminal offence because uh, a guard might do somebody for public order um, but that happens very rarely uh, verbal abuse otherwise apart from in public order uh, isn't usually considered a criminal offence by the Gardaí 
Um, and uh, although you might be able to identify the perpetrators, and certainly in that case, uh, others took on the uh, the perpetrators uh, to to reprimand them. Um, the victim really has no stake in in pursuing what's really a burdensome reporting process with the police. Um, in terms of the workplace, obviously the victim has more investment in keeping their job, in making that a safe uh, an environment with lots of opportunities for them. And yet the consequences of reporting and dealing with it can be much higher if they lost their job. So in both instances, there are difficulties and the victims of the abuse or discrimination needs a, need a lot of support. And why do you think that it seems that there is a growing distrust of immigrant communities or ethnic groups? I think that the state, the government, have been very slow to uh, address the uh, the importation of far-right discourses and very slow to think about how they might stop uh, racist and xenophobic responses to what are age-old social problems. You know, when we talk about unemployment or homelessness in Ireland, it is not the first time that we have encountered those problems. And yet, increasingly, we see migrants blamed for those problems. Um, when, in fact, what we're... W- what any critical analysis of state action would say is that there has been repeated failures on homelessness and it's not immigrants that have caused that. There are repeated uh, failures in terms of thinking about um, graduate employment, uh, semi-skilled, unskilled employment. Uh, and again, it's the state responsibility to, to plan uh, and develop strategies in those areas um, uh, in light of what is um, sort of modern reality of migration. You know, Irish people are as free to move out of the country uh, and return uh, as anybody else is to, to move in and out. Um, but the fact that we're seeing the most vulnerable uh, refugees and asylum seekers targeted um, over what are uh, social problems that can be dealt with um, uh, by the state, that's very problematic. We know that racism and xenophobia don't solve those problems, they make them worse. Um, perhaps you don't have the answer to this one, but is there any sense that um, in areas where there are lots of um, uh, immigrants working and, and living now, perhaps in Fingal areas like Swords or Blanchardstown, uh, is it that that would lead to a more normalising of that in society and less racist incidents, or in an area like that would it lead to more racist incidents? It really depends on the extent to which racist attitudes take hold. Um, migration in itself and diversity does not cause more racism and distrust. Uh, in fact, people are very good at getting along with each other uh, and finding ways to accommodate. And of course, um, immigrants to any country, uh, and the Irish have been very good at this overseas, are keen to adapt to local cultures and norms to make sure that they fit in, that they get every opportunity. So. Where distrust arises, it's very often because there's rumours around uh, resources not being shared equally um, or because there's a perception of unfairness in some respect. Um, And that's up to the state and local authorities and institutions to make sure um, that that community relations are are managed uh, in 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 a way that's comfortable for everybody. Um, and it's very possible, looking overseas, to see really good examples of how that's done uh, and to replicate that here. Uh, and we really need to make sure that we're taking that seriously. Um, diversity in and of itself uh, is not a problem. 
only where um, racism is seen as a, as a solution to some problem uh, does that distrust arise. Um, and, it, and certainly in terms of Fingal, um, uh, across the whole of Fingal, and I'm from Fingal myself, um, it has been around issues of housing, employment, uh, resources for young people, and supervision of young people, those kinds of questions that have, that have raised people's distrust. Uh, and all of those are areas where the local authorities can do more. Um, I know in the past that there was a National Consultative Committee on interculturalism and racism and uh, they did some research about what there was to learn from abroad from um, from countries and societies who had migrants for the last 40, 50, 60 years whereas in Ireland it's been a much uh, much newer phenomenon. Um, are there examples, are you aware of examples from countries who have managed um, their immigration better than others and so is, is there something we can learn from that? Yeah, I mean, I, myself, I grew up in Fingal and I went to England to learn exactly that. And um, my did my original postgraduate studies and my first uh, sets of research in England, um, in northern England, to learn that. And there are multiple examples, even in, in the cities of northern England, to learn about community relations and how to make sure that those are uh, relations that are trusting and that people are learning about each other and mixing uh, and there's some good examples here too. Um, you know, people across a whole range of sectors in education, health, policing, and so on have been gathering case studies um, of good practice. Um, but finding the resources to make sure that those are implemented here has been the real challenge. So the Guardi have collected, for example, case studies from overseas and participated in international research projects about good practice in policing, and yet we're not seeing the resources being given to them to roll that out across the force. We're seeing the same in education. We have the, the experience, uh, experienced professionals in the sector with uh, experience from abroad of doing that. And again, the resources aren't there to spread it across the education sector in Ireland. Would you say that there's any scope to, to understand perhaps um, older people or people who live in an area where there aren't any immigrants that they'd, um, that they'd be perhaps more xenophobic than uh, particularly racist? that they would be quite xenophobic. That they, would be, that they wouldn't be openly racist, mm-hmm. but they would just be afraid of change and afraid of new things in their community, and it wouldn't be from an inherent racism in them. No, I think one of the problems, of course, with xenophobia is that we can say, you know, it's a fear of, of foreigners, fear of, of what is different, and that's where it's so key that we learn from each other, because when people are mixing with each other, um, in the community when everybody feels safe, um, we get that mixing more naturally. One of the reasons that, the, that we target the work on racist incidents so keenly um, is that that drives people back into their homes. It stops them from mixing with others in the neighbourhood. It makes them feel unsafe and excluded. Uh, whereas actually when, when people feel safe and feel able to mix, um, that, uh, that mixing means that anybody in a neighbourhood starts to see um, that uh, Pavel or Mary from down the road are no different to them. Um, whereas when people don't know each other, when they when they start to self segregate, um, then everybody becomes a, a, a symbol of of unwanted change. Uh, whereas in fact, what we see is that very often migrants um, coming into a community can reinvigorate it. That um, their children are filling schools that otherwise. Um, wouldn't be felt that they're filling jobs, that they're starting businesses, that they're mixing 
uh, with others. And so areas of diversity very often can be more sustainable um, and sharing that message is really important with the people who are feeling excluded, particularly if they think their own children or grandchildren are going to lose out. Um, so the more we talk about diversity and the benefits of diversity, the better. But our, the government have not been very good at doing that today. Um, Lucy, there's lots of other uh, topics that I wanted to get to today, but maybe we'll come back again and look at how do the Gardaí do when it comes to these kind of instances. But uh, but for today, anyway, I think um, ending on that positive note about the benefits of diversity is a good way to finish for today. Um, so thanks very much for your input. Just perhaps before you go, if people do uh, want to report um, as an observer or as a victim um, an incident of racism, how do they do that? Anybody can go to iReport.ie. You can do it from your smartphone. Uh, you can do it from a computer. Um, and just fill out the questionnaire there. Give us as much or as little detail as you want to. Um, and if you'd like to see the, how we've used the reports in the past, you can go to enarireland.org. That's E-N-A-R-Ireland.org. And you can read the, the report we've just been discussing. OK, Lucy, thanks very much. Um, we'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks, Kieran. All right. Take care. Bye. And that was um, Dr. Lucy Michael from the University of Ulster and also uh, from Fingal. Um, and for the next part of today's programme, um, I want to go to an interview that my colleague Sally Galliana did with Shane O'Curry from the European uh, Network Against Racism. And um, Sally first asked Shane to outline the work that Enar does. So ENAR is the European Network Against Racism, which is a, a Europe-wide network which was founded by civil society organisations following the European Year Against Racism in 1997. And it is a network organisation with a secretariat in Brussels and membership in... Uh, 30 European states, which is you know the 29 current members of the European Union plus one, and it has about 120 member organisations across Europe who act together um, to find common policy responses to racism at local, national, and European level. And Enar Ireland is the Irish coordinator of the European network. And in Ireland we have 79 members. So we have trade unions, local grassroots organisations, migrant, Roma and traveller rights organisations, intercultural associations, um, and any organisation whose membership is likely to experience racism. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, tell me specifically about the I report. How did did you? Uh, what made you think about the need for the I report? Okay, so the the, the need for for the I report system uh, arose out of the fact, uh, well, well, two things. One uh, was is the need to hold the state to account for its obligations uh, under various international and European laws. Uh, regarding uh, monitoring and keeping data on hate crime and instances of discrimination, uh, particularly racist discrimination. Um, And secondly, it was the loss of the capacity in Ireland 
by a semi-statutory organization, which was called the National Consultative Committee on Racism and Interculturalism, uh, which was fulfilling the role of monitoring levels of racism in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And when the funding for that organization disappeared uh, during the financial crisis of 2007-8, the the capacity of, of... society to hold the state to account uh, was greatly diminished. Um, So in our Ireland, uh, in response to a demand from its grassroots membership, uh, set about um, devising a a centralised national uh, but user-owned and fully independent uh, civil society racist incident uh, monitoring tool called iReport.ie. Uh, which is uh, an instrument which uh, people direct, who experience racism themselves in whatever form uh, can r- report an incident, uh, people supporting them from from an organisation, or people or or in, or people who witness uh, an event can report them. Um, and the purpose of these is to um, map trends and. Uh, uh, map, uh, you know, policy barriers and other and other obstacles that people may encounter, and offer productive solutions um, to society at large, but also to uh, to the state. Okay, so you have more or less talk on a general way how do you the, how do you use the statistics that you collect in the report, but really. Mm-hmm. Uh, how beneficial has it been for uh, ma- uh, migrants themselves, for example? Um, so the, 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 the or for the people who suffered the racist incident. Uh, what I mean is how how is being used? Can you give me an, a specific um, case or? Uh, that, oh, yeah. that you have used the results, maybe how it has helped you to change policy in a, a specific way, maybe. Um, yeah. So what, what what I can say is, so we launched the iReport.ie mm-hmm. um, system in in 2013, and since then we've had a steady growth in in data uh, coming in, but the uh, and at the same time the patterns of uh, the patterns of the type of incidents we see are fairly consistent um, and, and so that that tells us that our methodology for collecting data is 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 reliable uh, and that the data is reliable and so we, we have been able to see some very um, you know some, some, some very clear patterns we have some good information about uh, about bystanders and uh, and about uh, uh, yeah, and about how how those responses impact on on people, we have some very very good data on the effects of racism on people, uh, so that we can make uh, people understand um, that so that we can make so that we can make the state understand and we can and we can influence the national conversation about racism, for people to understand that racist incidents are much much more serious for the people they happen to and for communities. And for community relations, uh, than 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 is generally understood, um, and and 
uh, that's one thing that we've been able to do. The, the, yeah, actually, the first thing that we were able to do is to challenge this notion that uh, racism isn't really a problem in Ireland. We have uh, established beyond doubt, and the conversation has changed in the last four years around this, um, that we, and so we have managed to hold a mirror up to Irish society to, to say that there is a problem of racism and that it does need to be addressed. Um, uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is is that we've we we have looked at the needs of of victims and been able to to understand them better, and marry these to, um, and marry these to um, European and international law and recommendations such as the Victims Directive, to say that our findings support the Victims Directive um, uh, recommendations for. Uh, proper supports and procedures to be in place uh, when the police deal with victims of of, of, of racist crimes and, and hate crimes. Um, secondly, it has given us an, an armory of 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 evidence to support our demands for hate crime legislation to be brought into Ireland. And it has brought us to the table uh, with the government, and it has brought us to the head. Of a of an NGO coalition calling for hate crime legislation, um, uh, and and thirdly, you know, in in very specific areas, uh, it, it's it, it has enabled us to challenge assertions by the state. So there's a common assertion uh, made by Angarda Shirkana that um, people from um, migrant backgrounds don't like to engage with with Angarda Shirkana, the Irish police force, because they've had negative experiences of the police forces in their own country. And that this is the reason that they don't want to engage with them. And that it's it's simply a, a matter of uh, of um, Gardaí engaging with them positively and persuading them um, that, that the Gardaí can be trusted. Uh, this, we, this, this has been challenged anecdotally by um, people from minority backgrounds, people from migrant backgrounds and other minority backgrounds uh, who we've come into contact with. Uh, but we were able to insert into the questionnaire a specific question about that, saying, if you didn't report this to the Gardaí, why was this? Was it because of your experience of racism in your own country or was it, or was it for other reasons, including and one of the other reasons we asked was uh, was it because of negative experiences of Angarda Shirkana in Ireland? Yeah. And virtually nobody uh, stated that it was because of negative experiences of police in their own country. And quite a few people said that it was because of negative experiences with Angarda Shirkana. So we have the robust data uh, with which we're able to challenge that assertion and, uh, and hopefully influence policy change. And so in that respect, uh, we are now uh, in regular contact with the policing authority in Ireland, which oversees the implementation uh, of, of, of policing policy, including inside Angarda Shirkana. And uh, we regularly feed back to the Department of Justice, to the European, to the European Union high-level group on hate crime, uh, which meets twice a year. Uh, and we report our our data to the Fundamental Rights Agency, the OSCE, and other international reporting organisations 
and and reporting cycles on human rights and racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the incident of uh, hate crime or uh, racist uh, attacks on media? No, and not not only what we consider mainstream media, but also social media. Does it actually is very high in the the report the statistics or? Yes, so increasingly people report, um, in, in, so we, if we've seen a trend developing over the years is that a greater proportion of the incidents reported to us are um, concerned online media. And I, 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 you know, these are, uh, so, that, so, so that nowadays, even you know, the total number of reports coming into us has grown. So the total number of in real life hate crimes Uh, we've also demonstrated has grown Um, and still to this day our data uh, the data we collect exceeds the data uh, collected by the state Um, the but in in terms of online racist or in terms of online racism and hatred the it it, it has grown so that the majority of of incidents reported to us are now online incidents um, you only have to look at um, the comments pages on on any you know, on any online publication where they have unmoderated or open comments uh, to know that th- potentially this is um, there is an infinite number of of expressions of racial hatred. Um, it, th- these um, these spaces really are repositories. Uh, for the for, for the murkiest uh, of sentiments, um, and it, it really betrays uh, something very deep and ugly in in the human psyche, in the human subconscious. Um, but what's also interesting um, is that these vile expressions of um, dehumanization, of, um, of violent sentiment. Uh, are are framed by um, a mainstream and including state uh, and media discourses um, about entitlements and non-entitlements and worthy human beings and, and, and not worthy human beings and, and mirror those and shift as those discourses shift. Um, so, for example, with the Brexit effect, you can see um you you see you saw an increased um uh, an increased uh number and a, and a and a reflection of the, some of the discourses around brexit in in the incidents reported to us um the, the, we saw a similar effect with the with the trump effect um particularly around uh, anti-migrant islamophobic and to a certain extent uh, Afrophobic for- And that was Shane O'Curry from the European Network Against Racism. Thanks again to our earlier guest, Dr. Lucy Michael. And uh, if you would like to report or to find out any more about racist incidents, you can go to the iReport.ie or the ENAR, E-N-A-R website. And um, that's all from me for this week. We'll be back next week. So, Slán agus Banacht.